0: This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3143 for Wednesday, the 19th of August 2020. Today's show is entitled, LibreOffice 7.0 Released, and is part of the series LibreOffice. It is hosted by Ahuka and is about 15 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is LibreOffice releases a new major update. LibreOffice 7.0. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. <music>
1: Hello, this is Ahuka welcoming you to Hacker Public Radio and another exciting episode. And this is going to be LibreOffice. I bet you thought I was all done with that, but you're wrong. Um, Actually, what I want to do is talk about the LibreOffice 7.0 just came out, like this morning. Uh, I'm recording this on August 5th, and the announcement was made... um, it is now released for all platforms. It may take a few days to roll out. Okay. Um, I tried logging into the download site and was not offered it. Um, And actually on my platform, it may take a little while longer, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm using a version of Linux and I try to stick with what's in the repos. Um, So, it It is an exciting milestone release, though. There's some good things, and that's what I want to talk about. Now, uh, I personally tend to lag a bit in getting new releases uh, because I use the Kubuntu LTS, and that means that right now I am on 1804. Um, you say, hey, hasn't 2004 been released? Well, the way it works, if you're an LTS user is you are not offered the upgrade. I, I know there are ways around it. Don't bother trying to explain to me how I can get it anyway, because I already know that. Uh, I am conservative in this respect. Uh, so basically what happens is I will get offered it when the one release, um, so 20.04.1, when that comes out, is probably when I'm going to be offered uh, an upgrade thing. And I just checked, and that's scheduled for tomorrow, August 6th. So it probably won't take all that long. Um, But uh, when I get it, will it have LibreOffice 7.0? I don't know. Um, And so I'll have to decide if I want to go outside the repo and um, pull it in from other sources. Um, So anyway... Um, you know, what are the major things that this new release has. The first one is ODF 1.3. Now, ODF stands for Open Document Format. And that is basically the LibreOffice XML-based file format for all documents containing text, spreadsheets, charts, graphical elements, you know, it, it's pretty much the whole enchilada there. So when we talk about an XML-based file format, uh, what that means is that what looks like a single file containing your document, your spreadsheet, or whatever, is actually a container. Uh, you can see this by opening the, the file with a utility like ARC or some other zipping-unzipping utility. Um, Now, I did that with a writer document that I happen to have. It's just a random document I pulled up. And what I found was I had seven files at the top level. Then there were six folders that had subdirectories and files inside of them as well. So it's it's pretty complicated. Um, So, you know, what looks like one file is an interesting kind of thing. Now... That's what we mean by XML-based formats. Um, so ODF 1.3 was approved by the Open Document Foundation as an OASIS specification. Now, uh, what's OASIS? OASIS is the Organization for the Advancement of Structured Information Standards. So it's an acronym. Uh, this body began as something called SGML open in 1993, and SGML is Standard Generalized Markup Language. So um, XML is, in some sense, a subset of SGML, as I understand it. Um, and what OASIS is attempting to do is it is a, an industry-wide body to promote development, convergence, and adoption of open standards for security, Internet of Things, energy, content technologies, emergency management, and other areas. And by the way, there will be lots of links in the show notes for all these things that I'm talking about if you want to follow up on it. Uh, but basically, Oasis is something a lot broader than just Office software. So it's the umbrella of organization over all of this open um, SGML stuff. Um, and open office is one piece of that. Uh, so it's an important body for promoting open standards. So what are some of the specifications for ODF 1.3, you might ask? Well, you can digitally sign documents. And going along with that is they've put in support for open PGP-based encryption of XML documents so those are, are both uh, pretty important right? being able to sign documents and uh, protect them matters when you're talking about security uh, there's also improvements in change tracking which I think goes along with some of these things you, you want to be able to know when someone makes changes Um, There's also some improvements in the description of elements and first pages, text, numbers, charts, and so on. So that's what ODF 1.3 is about. Uh, That's not all the goodness in this latest version. Uh, The Graphics have been improved. The first thing I want to mention here is the Skia graphics library. Again, link in the show notes. The Skia Graphics Library is an open-source 2D graphics library that provides a common set of APIs that work across a variety of platforms. It is the graphics engine for Chrome, Chrome OS, Android, Flutter, Firefox, and Firefox OS, among others. Now, this is sponsored by Google, and Google is the lead developer, but it is licensed under the BSD free software license and is available on a variety of platforms, such as Windows 7, 8, 8.1, and 10, macOS 10.10.5 or later, iOS 8 or later, Android 4.1 Jelly Bean or later, Ubuntu or later, Debian 8 or later, OpenSUSE 13.3 or later, or Fedora Linux 24 or later. Now, Skia can be used for drawing text, shapes, and images. It is now the default on Windows for faster performance. And the implementation in LibreOffice 7.0 is due to sponsorship from AMD. Now, that was the 2D. On the 3D side, they put in support for something called the Vulkan API. Uh, Vulkan is an alternative to other graphics APIs, such as DirectX and OpenGL, Um, It offers high-performance 3D graphics with low overhead and supports better parallelization on multiple cores. So between Skia and Vulcan, some pretty good graphics improvements for both 2D and 3D graphics. And I don't see graphics ever becoming less important in the environment we're in. So that's a good thing. Next, some compatibility improvements. Now, it's no secret, obviously. Microsoft Office is the largest player in the Office space. And interoperability is key if you want to get in there. I've mostly not had any problems for some time now moving between Microsoft Office and LibreOffice. But there are always corner cases where things can get ugly. The latest LibreOffice handles things even better. Right, And they're constantly improving this. Every new version gets a little bit better. Um, so, for instance, if you want to save a LibreOffice writer document in the Microsoft DocX format, you can now save in native 2013, 2016, and 2019 modes, whereas previously you were restricted to a 2007 compatibility mode. In Calc, you can export to Excel with sheet names longer than 31 characters now. And PowerPoint import and export filters were improved as well. So LibreOffice is really the only choice if you want interoperability across platforms and applications. They're not trying to lock you in, unlike Microsoft. And this does matter. Um, as as someone who spent a number of years as a contractor uh, and then I was constantly sending resumes out and every place I ever sent a resume to specified it had to be Microsoft office format. And it's like, okay, I, I got to spend money on Microsoft office. Uh, you know, just so I can send you a resume that is basically text. Well, you know, I can do it in LibreOffice writer and just save it in a Microsoft office format. So that's why things like this matter. Now, I'm just going to do a quick run-through of some of the other new features. First, some general ones. New icon theme, uh, which is going to be the default on Mac OS, called Sukapura. There's new shapes galleries, arrows, diagrams, icons, and more. Glow and soft edge effects for objects. Now, all of these things are called general because LibreOffice is a fully integrated Office suite. So there are a lot of elements that are just common to all of the different components of LibreOffice. So they put those in general. Then for writer, uh, Navigator is easier to use, more context menus, Uh, semi-transparent text is now supported. Bookmarks can now be displayed in line in text. Padding numbering in lists for consistency. Better handling of quotation marks and apostrophes. Uh, then for calc, uh, new functions for non-volatile random number generation. And then they've added a keyboard shortcut for autosum. Now autosum is probably the single most used function in spreadsheets. So this is a welcome development. Uh, Impress and draw. Semi-transparent text is supported here, too. Subscripts now return to the default of 8%, and PDFs larger than 500 centimeters can now be generated. Now, who do we thank for all of this? All of this wonderful goodness. Uh, This new release of LibreOffice contains work from a number of companies, 74% 74 of the commit's, come from companies on the advisory board, of whom Red Hat may be the best known, and Red Hat does contribute a lot to open source, but also heavily involved were Collabora and CIB Software. Now, I mention these companies because they're great examples of how an ecosystem can grow in open source. Both of these companies built business around LibreOffice technology, and both are giving back and helping it grow. Collabra, for instance, is the home of Michael Meeks, and any longtime followers of LibreOffice should recognize him as a major developer in this project. Now he's the managing director of Collabra, and they're making money by selling a service. It's LibreOffice in the cloud. Now CIB Software is located in Munich and provides integrated document management solutions that include LibreOffice as part of a suite of software. Now, I find it interesting that they're located in Munich. Munich has reversed course yet again and is now planning to move back to open source software. The coalition agreement between the Green Party and the Social Democratic Party in Munich was finalized in May and says, we will adhere to the principle of public money, public code. That means that as long as there is no confidential or personal data involved, the source code of the city's software will also be made public. And since the coalition should be in power until 2026, there's a good chance for significant progress there. And then in June of this year, Hamburg joined the movement to open source as well, adding to a growing movement in German cities and states. Of course, companies are not the only supporters. 26% of commits came from individuals. And even if you're not a coder, there are ways you can help. I personally have participated in the documentation area, in writing, proofreading, updating, and so on. And I know they have volunteers helping with publicity. Now, personally, every time I download a new version of LibreOffice, I donate $10 to the Open Document Foundation which is the sponsor of all of LibreOffice development. I mean, 10 bucks for a full-featured software office suite? That has to be the deal of the century, right? So I encourage everyone else, you know, join me in this. If you use the software, support the software. Um, so this is Ahuka for Hacker Public Radio signing off and, as always, encouraging you to support free software.